This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Most would agree the smartphone is an essential part of modern life. But are we paying the price in terms of constant distraction and lack of focus? We get so dependent on it. It's the first thing they do in the mornings, last thing they do at night. Just from its constant use, it probably can elicit other thoughts and responses. Then, diet drinks are supposed to help us keep our waistlines trim. But surprising new research shows that drinking diet soda can actually increase belly fat. People use these daily or more often have triple the increase of their waistline compared with the non-users. So that's entirely counterintuitive, but that's what came out of our data. Those two stories and much more are heading your way on this week's InfoTrack. Stay with us. The program begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The smartphone is a must-have item for many Americans, an essential lifeline of communications. But are we all paying a price in terms of distraction, lack of focus, and slower reaction times? With this story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Bill Thornton, a professor of psychology at the University of Southern Maine, and he recently led a study of the distracting nature of smartphones. Dr. Thornton, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you. So tell us exactly what you were studying. Well, we were coming off of a study that had been done by another person where they looked at the distracting influence of a cell phone on a get acquainted conversation. And when the cell phone was just present, not used, the 10-minute interaction was perceived as less positive. They had less favorable thoughts towards the other person and was less interested in the conversation and such. So that was kind of interesting. And so we picked up on that to look at the distracting influence on a person's attention and task performance. So using their procedure, we manipulated the presence of a cell phone or it's not present and had them do two different tasks. Each task had a simple version and a more complex version. On the simple task, we didn't see any difference. On the complex task that requires more attention and cognitive ability, executive function, we did see a difference. Those with the cell phone present, and again, not being used, just sitting on a table, served to be a distractor and resulted in diminished performance. How big of a difference did you see? In the no cell phone condition, they got 26 cancellations, and in the cell phone condition, 23. Statistically, it's a significant difference. And then on another task, we got the same pattern. The difference was of such magnitude, not likely to have happened by chance. Why do you think smartphones are so distracting? Well, as I looked into what other people have been writing about it, they talk about how they've got to the point where it provides us with a constant connection to a social world, a knowledge world, and we get so dependent on it that even when we're not in that world, we know we're not in it. And if we haven't been there for a certain time, we probably start to worry about, well, what's going on out there in that world? Why haven't I heard from someone? And if I haven't been in touch with someone, maybe they're wondering why I haven't been in touch with them. 
So it becomes a social concern. Others talk about it as a behavioral addiction. They've got the term nomophobia, a fear of being without your mobile device. People are checking it more than multiple times a day. It's the first thing they do in the mornings, last thing they do at night. If they wake up at night, they'll check their cell phone. And so just from its constant use and the ability to be connected at any time, it probably takes on like a conditioned stimulus where it can elicit other thoughts and responses, perhaps. So it sounds like from a psychological standpoint, this truly is an addiction. People are talking about it as such, yes. You've got attentional salience, you're thinking about it, and behavioral salience. You want to have it, be with it, don't be without it. In your study, you tested people with a smartphone in front of them, and once it was put away, it seems to me that a lot of people today cannot put their smartphone away even for a few minutes. No, they don't. You see a lot of people, and they don't just put it in their pocket or their purse or their bag. They're holding it all the time. I just saw something where they're referring to it as the adult's baby blanket. And in terms of not being without it, a colleague out in California contacted me about this and sent me some of his research where they had people either surrender their phone or they were asked to turn it off and put it away. And then they sat in a big lecture hall and at three different times, they were asked to complete a measure of state anxiety, their emotional thoughts and feelings at that given time. And over the course of the time, people who had them taken away showed more stress than people who had the cell phone at least with them. And people who were high users of the cell phone showed more anxiety. And as the time went on, their anxiety levels increased. People who were low users the anxiety level was much lower, and it didn't increase over the time period. It all has the earmarkings of an addiction. And the longer you're without it, the worse you become. I think parents with kids in school can certainly relate to this study, because when it comes to things like homework, it can become a problem. What kind of advice can you offer parents? Well, one recommendation would be you can't just have it off and not use it because just its presence may have a distracting influence. And so the suggestion was to have it out of sight and out of mind. But then even when it's out of sight and you don't have it, it can be apparently anxiety-provoking because you're thinking about not having it. Certainly you can restrict screen time, Internet access, limit their time to talk on the phone. But today it's such an inherent part of their lives. And again, you get so used to that constant connectivity if you don't have it, it's probably going to be distraction. I'm getting anxious. I've been way without it. I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard from anyone. No one's heard from me. I've heard where students, kids who are being bullied online will not not go online because that would be social death. So they're willing to put up with the bullying so as not to lose their access. And you see that just out and with friends, that you go out and you're socializing and people are checking their cell phone. So again, there's that social world that's out there and you can't not be a part of it. And if you're not involved in that outer world, you're thinking about it, which takes away from your attention to the task at hand or the person at hand. Yeah, and it seems like just from a social standpoint today, just even a few years ago, if someone was sitting there checking their phone all throughout dinner, that would have been considered impolite or rude. And I guess the rules have changed, haven't they? Things have changed, yes. And I understand it when 
I get together with someone and they tell me they had a kid escalate today and they may have to take a call if they're going to do a commitment or something. I understand that. Or if you're on call as a police officer, paramedic, whatever. But normal social activities, we don't have that much going on in our lives, I don't think, that you need to be on call for every little thing. But that's the way it's become. And as I explained to my students, my policy is turn your cell phone off and put it away because you're not that important. Whatever's going on in your life can probably wait for an hour that you don't have to be constantly checking in with people to see what they're doing because most people aren't doing much of anything that's you know worth reporting on. And then it just becomes a pattern of life, though. Professor Bill Thornton, professor of psychology at the University of Southern Maine. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, if you're battling belly fat by chugging diet soda, new research shows you may be fighting a lost cause. That story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. InfoTrack.